welcome back to Horror Hughes. I am your host, Shanika Pishi. Once again, I just want to start the episode by saying thank you to everyone who gave feedback on the last episode. It was about the Scream movies, the first four. And uh, no matter how you feel about that franchise, it, for most people, just has a special place in their hearts. You know, whether or not you're tired of the latest movies, you're still going to watch them, you're still going to support them. I think this is one of the franchises what they've done so well in a long time is that you actually care about the characters, whether the good guys or the bad guys. Um, There's more films that have come out recently. I guess you could say like The Conjuring. You care about those characters, what they're based off of um, real people. But I feel like Scream, you know, back in the 90s when it came out, it just it just changed so much about the horror genre and who they chose to cast and the way these characters were written you know for the most part you could see yourself in each of them and I think that's just why that it still has staying power even though the latest movies have not been as strong in my opinion there's just still that loyalty that is there with them so yeah thank you for all the feedback the comments everything and you can find me on Instagram at Horror Podcast. You can email me at horrorhughespod at gmail.com. I am also now on Buy Me a Coffee. So if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do it there. And I will put all that information in the show notes. So for today's episode, I am going to be talking about board games. And the games I'm going to be talking about specifically are the Horrified Games. So I have been playing board games my whole life. We played Parcheesi, and Parcheesi is a game that we still play. We taught my oldest how to play it during the pandemic, and it got so competitive that we now write down our names each time someone wins, and at the end of the year, we tally it up, and that's like the true Parcheesi champion for the year. So that is a game that's always been in my life. Of course, there was Sorry, Monopoly, Life, Scrabble. I've just always loved board games. So board games have always been my jam. I prefer to play them over card games, so I am not a great spades player, but let's team up and let's play a board game together. Let's do that. That's totally me. Um, You know, sometimes when I'm on Instagram and I'm looking up certain hashtags, if I'm sharing a game that I'm playing, and a lot of times, once again, I'm not seeing a lot of Black people posting or playing, and that doesn't mean that we are not playing, but we're not visible. So I don't know. This is my plea to these board game companies. We are out there. Display us. Sponsor us send us some games. I am shamelessly asking Ravensburger to send me some games. I have given you, like, I've given you guys so much money. Send me a game, okay? Please and thank you. Send me a game, Ravensburger. Send me a game. Go tag them. Let's be shameless. I don't care. Okay, so the games I'm talking about today, like I said, are horrified. And the first time I saw this game, I think I was just like walking through Target. It was around Christmas time, just looking for things to get for the boys because they do like to play board games as well. So we play a lot of games together. And I saw Horrified and I was like, this is amazing. I have no idea what it's about. I can't really buy it for me. So I just bought it for my oldest son. (laughs) And then I also bought Villainous at the same time. And I was like, Merry Christmas. I got you some board games. But he's huge 
into horror movies and he's huge into Disney villains. So I knew that he would enjoy them regardless. And uh, Christmas day, the day after until he went back to school, we just played both games, played them over and over and over. Uh, Horrified is a co-op game. So you play together collectively. You're not against each other. You're working together. Your goal is to defeat the monsters. So it can be played solo or up to five people. And there are two versions out currently, and there's another one that's coming out next month. I'll talk about that at the end of the episode. So there is the universal version, and it has all of the classic monsters. So it has Dracula, the creature from the Black Lagoon, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. It has Wolfman, it has the mummy, and it has the Invisible Man. So to start the game you choose your player you get out the villagers you get out the dice you pick which monsters you want to defeat it suggests for your first game to do dracula and the creature from the black lagoon so that's what we did you place 12 tokens on the board and these tokens are what are used to help you defeat the monsters they can also be used to help you save save yourself from an attack against the monsters if you don't have tokens you take a hit your person goes to the hospital and then the terrified marker goes up a number. So there is a terrified number at the top of the game. It starts at zero and then it goes to six and then it goes to like a skull. And if you land on that, the skull, the town has been terrified. They have lost hope in the heroes and the monsters have taken over the town. Um, so the marker moves, like I said, if you get attacked and you don't have a token to protect yourself or if a villager gets attacked. The villager has nothing to protect them and the objective is to get the villager from their starting location to their final location and that is shown on the um, peg of the villager. And once you do that, once a villager is quote unquote saved, you get a, a vantage card that you can use within the game uh, at any time. Each player has a certain amount of moves that they can do on their turn. So some players can do three moves, some players can do four, some can do five. And certain players have special characters, um, well, special abilities, I should say, such as placing your character in the same space as a monster or a hero, or picking up tokens that are adjacent to where you are and you don't have to move. And the only person that does not have a special ability is the mayor, but she gets five moves. So the game is played in two phases, the hero phase and the monster phase. In the hero phase, like I mentioned before, this is when you are um, picking up tokens, exchanging tokens with another player, doing an objective that will help you defeat the monster and so forth. Once that phase is over, you move to the monster phase. And depending on the card you choose, you will place more tokens on the board and the tokens are labeled with a different location such as camp, in mansion, museum, laboratory, precinct, etc. And you may have to place a villager on the board and at the bottom of the card it will have the symbols for certain monsters and from there sometimes you have to place a monster somewhere, you may get a curse, all that jazz. I'll get into that in a moment. So like I was saying, at the bottom of the card, you will see logos that represent the monsters and it will show a number with an arrow next to it and the amount of dice that you need. So the game uses three dice 
and it has on different sides different symbols so one side is blank uh, one symbol represents an attack and the other one is an exclamation symbol a power symbol and that changes depending on which monster you're playing with so I'm going to go through each monster give my opinion their objective and you know what I think about them so like I said, when you first start the game, it suggests that you start with the creature from the Black Lagoon. And his objective, you have to find his lair in a cave. And when you are in the same location as him, you get to defeat him. So on his monster mat, um, there's a ship that you place on it and there's X's and it kind of goes like a waterway. And the items are different colors, so you want to use the different color of items to keep the ship moving. And once you get to his lair, you have to be in the same location as the monster. And you have to use um, a certain colors to help like defeat him. And the creature of the Black Lagoon is the only one that can travel through waterways, so that can be a disadvantage because then he can get to a hero or villager quicker, which leads to an attack, which can lead to your um, terrified, your marker getting moved up. Um, like I said, I think he's fairly easy to beat, but you have to be strategic, so you want to make sure that the colors that you're using to move the boat will get you a little bit further. Um, because you can kind of skip. You don't have to hit like each um, color that's on the path. So you want to be strategic with the colors that you're using. Dracula, his objective is to destroy four coffins and they are placed uh, throughout the board and you have to use red tokens and they have to equal six or higher. And then when you are in the space with him, you use yellow tokens to defeat him. So, you know, the yellow is obviously representing the sun. Again, he's not too difficult to beat. You just have to get to the locations to destroy the coffins, and that can be derailed if your character gets killed and you have to start back at the hospital or if you don't have uh, the tokens that you need. The Wolfman. So this is where it starts getting a little bit more challenging. The objective with the Wolfman is you have to find a cure, and you use blue items while you're at the laboratory and you place them in their designated spots. Once you have the cure, you take the antidote, and while in the same space as the Wolfman, you use a power of six plus of red tokens to defeat him. And you can exchange the antidote um, between players. So there's like a little antidote token that you take and you hold with you. But if there's one player that's closer to the Wolfman, they might be like, okay, on my next turn, I'm gonna go by the Wolfman. So you, I'm gonna use one of the actions. You give the antidote to me, um, I will defeat him and so on. So with um, him to find the cure, what's challenging is that you have to use blue tokens and they have to be the exact number for the cure. So there's six tokens, but they're one, two, and three. So you have to make sure you have a blue that only has a power of one, a blue that's a power of two, and a blue that's a power of three. And you have to do that twice. So again, that can be challenging if you are not pulling blue tokens, and you're also not pulling the numbers that you need. Also, the Wolfman will become fixated on one hero. There is a card in the monster phase that tells you to take the hunted emblem. And once that player has the emblem, the Wolfman will continue to go after them. And 
it will tell you, you know, move the Wolfman three spaces towards the person with the haunted emblem. So again, if you don't have tokens to protect yourself and the Wolfman ends up in your location, you take that hit, you have to go to the hospital and then the terrified marker moves up. And um, if you are a villager and a Wolfman in the same location and you roll an exclamation point, everyone gets a hit. So you have to deal with that exclamation hit first. The villager gets hit and the villager dies. And then if there were any other dice that rolled that had the hit symbol on it, you have to then deal with that. So it's again, either sacrificing a lot of tokens or taking that hit and going to the hospital. But if you do that, the villager dies and you go to the hospital, the friends, the, I'm sorry, not the frenzy marker, the horrified marker moves up twice. So again, this can cause your game to go by quicker and you lose. Next up is Frankenstein and the bride. You have to play them together. And the objective is that you have to teach them to be human so they can live together. Both of them have humanity scores and you have to use items, yellow for Frankenstein and blue for the bride. And the number that is on the item is the same number that you can move them away from each other. So say I have a yellow token for Frankenstein and it has a power of three. I move the dial three times closer to humanity and then I move Frankenstein three spaces away from the bride because once they get close to each other, they lose a little bit of their humanity and um, that you have to put the um, roll back the dial. So then again, that derails your progress. And um, once the humanity is reached, you flip over the dials and it shows the monster's face. To finally defeat them, both monsters now have to be in the same location. No tokens are needed. And there are certain players that have um, the advantage to move monsters or you also have advantage cards where it's like move monster three spaces anywhere so again you have to be strategic you have to talk with your players um, to know when you want to use your cards not use them don't get carried away if the power symbol is rolled they attack whomever is in their space and then they move towards each other and depending on the number of dice um, that shows like um, how many attacks that they get and how much closer they move to each other. So if there's only like one attack symbol, they both move one. If you roll two attack symbols, you know, you get the drift. Next is the mummy. And the object objective for the mummy is to break the mummy's curse by putting six scarabs in numerical order. First, the scarabs are placed face down so you can't see the numbers. And then when you have yellow items, you go to the museum and depending on the number of the item, that's how many moves you can make. Once you have flipped over all the scarabs and put them in numerical order, you can get into the same location of the mummy and defeat him with red items equaling nine or higher. The mummy thinks his true love was reincarnated in one of the heroes. So just like the Wolfman, he has an emblem. Whichever hero gets the reincarnated soul emblem will be who the mummy will always go after. So lucky you. Also, if you roll an exclamation, you have to flip a scarab back over. And if a scarab is flipped over, you are not able to defeat the mummy, even if they're all in numerical order. And a scarab cannot be moved 
if it's flipped over. The number has to be revealed. So even if you know the number underneath, you can't remove it. You have to, it all has to be revealed. Now we come to the Invisible Man, and he is truly the bane of my existence. I, I mean, I should not hate a character, but I hate the Invisible Man. Of all the games I have played in my life, no one has ever affected me the way the Invisible Man has. Like, I cannot stand his ass. I really, I, I just, I cannot stand him at all. He steals tokens from places. He prefers to attack villagers. He's just like overall, just like a jerk asshole. Like, I do not like him at all. His objective is you have to bring pr um, proof to the precinct that the Invisible Man exists because obviously they don't believe you. He's invisible. And you have to get items from the inn, the barn, the mansion, the laboratory, and the institute. This can be a problem if you are not drawing these tokens from the bag, or if you are using these tokens for another monster, or if the Invisible Man steals all the tokens because there are certain cards that say, place the Invisible Man in the location that has the most tokens and remove them from the board. Well, once you finally have proof, you can get into the same space as him and defeat him with a total strength of nine or more with red items. So we recently played, <laughs> because we've had this game for about three years and we recently played it like literally last night and we defeated the invisible man, but we still lost a game because we didn't defeat the other monster. So we're not taking that as a true victory. We tried a second time and we ran out of monster cards. And as I mentioned before, that's another way you can lose the game. So we, it, it just wasn't good. Um, overall, I love the horrified the universal monsters I dressed up <laughs> as the bride as Frankenstein for Halloween one year I love 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 this game so when I saw that they had made a second one I jumped on it so quick and this one is horrified American monsters and uh, when we first opened up the game, me and my sons, we like all had to be there together to open it up. And we, what we love about this game, there is so much detail put into this board, just like the graphics, locations, just everything. I mean, I could just literally just like open up the board and just look at it and be happy. When I tell you I geek out about these games, I geek out about these games. Um, like, I don't know who the designer of, of the games, I need to look them up, but much respect. So much detail puts, is put into them and I just want you to know that it is greatly appreciated. What I also like about this board is on the back of it, it has a map of the US and it shows the states where the monsters stories originated. And it also shows other landmarks of other well-known legends and stories like Area 51, Roanoke Colony, eternal flame falls and some other places I have considered and I think I am going to do it I want to create a road trip for the boys and I to take to visit some of these locations so in this game the legends that we are dealing with are the Banshee of the Badlands the Ozark Howler Jersey Devil the Chupacabra the Mothman and of course Bigfoot Instead of heroes, you are investigators. But just like the first game, there are some that have more moves than others and some that have special abilities. So I got this game, I 
think it was last year and it was around spring break and we played it daily and our goal was to play each monster and to defeat each monster and um it broke us okay we were broken this game broke us i think it's a little bit more challenging than the original horrified which obviously it has to be you know that's what keeps people wanting to come back you don't want it to be well not to say the first board game is easy but you know you want it to be a little bit more challenging a little bit more frustrating i have a photo of my oldest son and he just looks completely distraught after we played this game <laughs> one time but i absolutely love these memories and i wouldn't change them for the world i think this is what makes it great they don't think so but for me i'm like but i still had fun with you guys because i just love you so much and this was time together you know i mean sometimes we don't get that hour or so with our kids where we're just like talking and playing and working together and I just I, I just really appreciate it all right so let's talk about the monsters and horrified American monsters so the banshee of the badlands and when you first play she is suggested as one of the monsters to begin with and her objective is to survive the sound of her skeletal companion's violin. So when you set up her monster mat, you also have to take a violin of the player's color, each player, and place it on there. The goal is to get the violins to the treble cleft on the mat. This is the safe zone. You do this by being in the same space of the banshee, and you can use a brown item to roll once or a yellow to roll twice. And um, once the violins are in the safe zone, you can defeat the Banshee by ignoring her scream. You do this by spending two yellow items and the number of strength does not matter. Uh, she, like I said, she's fairly easy to beat, but there are some setbacks. If you roll the power symbol with a Banshee, you have to move the violin back towards the skeleton. So that can be frustrating sometimes. The next character is the Chupacabra. And it's also suggested to start with him. And the objective is to save the goats. And I just recently found, found out that chupacabra basically means goat sucker. <laughs> I did not realize that. Because uh, I was talking to my friend who's Puerto Rican and I told him I want him on the show and to research a legend from Puerto Rico. And he says the chupacabra is really huge there. And I remember talking to my mom about it. She was like, well, cabra means goat. And I was like, well, what's chupa mean? She's like, suck to suck. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. So um, like I said, the chupacabra, um, the objective is to save the goats. He will move towards citizens or investigators, but if he has a choice, he will move towards an investigator that has a brown item. And to save the goats, you go to the farm and you place a goat token on the monster mat. Once there are six tokens on the mat, you can defeat the chupacabra by being in the same location and using yellow items equaling to six or more. When the power symbol is rolled, you remove a brown item from the board, but not the monster mat. The drawback with the chupacabra is if you are not pulling the goat tokens, obviously, or if you've used them for something else, because sometimes you're like, sorry, I got to sacrifice this token to not take a hit and go to the hospital. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, my friend um, for Puerto Rico is going to do some research on the chupacabra, and I'm hoping to have him on the podcast in a few weeks. All right, the next character is the Mothman. 
So his objective, since he is fast and nasty, he needs to be trapped. You get four tokens from the bag. Looks for them. Ooh, did I say mag? Excuse me. You get four tokens from the bag, and they all need to be different locations. And you place them on the Mothman's monster mat, and you place them face up. On your turn, you will arm, quote unquote, the locations by flipping the tokens over. If the Mothman enters a location with a trap, it slows his movement. He will move again once he has a monster action. So again, that comes from the monster cards um, from the monster phase. Once all four locations are trapped, you can defeat the Mothman by being in the same space with him and using yellow tokens, equaling 10 or more. So the Mothman does have the demon's eye. If it is in play and the power symbol is rolled, the Mothman will take the shortest route to get to it, but he will also try to hit every citizen or investigator that is on the way to the eye so that can result in multiple hits. Next up is the Ozark Howler. Um, he's my least favorite and it's mainly because of the damn death omens and we will get to that in a moment. His objective is you have to track him down and survive his howl. He has tokens you place on his mat and you place them face down. While at the mine, you use an action to either flip a token or solve it. Some of them require a certain color of tokens or one color of token, but equal like a certain um, number or power. Once the tokens are solved, be in the same location as him and defeat him with a blue, yellow, and brown token. So, like I said, the Ozark Howler has death omens, and every time you roll a power symbol, the nearest investigator determined by the current player receives a death omen. For each death omen a player has, they take an automatic hit. Then, they take a regular hit, so that can add up quickly. I mean, we lost a game one time in like less than 20 minutes because of this. I don't like him. Next up is the Jersey Devil. So it is said that the Jersey Devil is the 13th child of a witch. By the way, I'm going to have to obviously do episodes on each of these characters um, on their own because they're amazing, right? I mean, just starting from the original, just um, working my way, I'm going to have to do some research and uh, episode on each of these characters because I'm fascinated by them all. So the Jersey Devil is said to be the 13th child of a witch, and we have to figure out who it is. So you figure this out by removing all of the citizen cards from the monster deck, because kind of like, you know, in the first game, how I told you you would have to place um, citizens at certain locations. Well, if you're playing the Jersey Devil, you take them out of the deck. And then there are seven clue tokens. You shuffle those up, pick three, and then place them face down on the mat so you don't see which ones you place down. During your investigator phase, you can play a citizen. And if you do this, you do not play another monster card from the deck. So basically, each citizen has clues on the card that will reveal who may be the 13th child. So example, if there's a clock on the wall, if they wear glasses or a hat. So one of the citizens is the 13th child. Once it is revealed, 
the investigator and the Jersey Devil must be at the location where the citizen started. So basically that um, Jersey Devil turned into that citizen. So you go to where that citizen's original location was supposed to be and you defeat, defeat ugh, ugh, can't speak. You defeat him with a power of 14 or more and it doesn't matter the color of the token. When the power symbol is rolled, you have to replace a face-up token with an unused face-down token. So once again, this can really derail your progress. It also can take a lot of steps and it also splits your monster deck in almost half. So again, you have to be really strategic with your move. So really, I would probably, depending on who your second monster is, really just try to get this Jersey Devil knocked out. All right, last, but certainly not least, the man, the myth, the legend, Bigfoot. And his objective is to get photographic evidence that Bigfoot exists. And I had a geek out moment when I saw which photograph that they used for this game. So Bigfoot has been a part of my life for a very long time. <laughs> And I think it was Fox, you know, back in the day when Fox kind of had like shit shows and wasn't taken seriously as a station that had respected shows on it. I mean, it always had The Simpsons and, you know, like that's one of my favorite shows ever. But it, it, it was like, it, it, it wasn't like a heavy hitter like NBC, ABC, even CBS was back in the day. And I remember that um, they would do documentaries on Bigfoot and one of the most popular footage, and if you are of a person of a certain age, you have seen this video, you have at least seen the photo. It is someone recording who they claim is Bigfoot and Bigfoot is walking in the woods. And then he pauses and he looks straight at the camera. Then he starts walking again. Then he pauses, looks at the camera, and then he just keeps going. You know, people say that's fake or whatever, because they're like, oh, why didn't he attack this person, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know. I think these documentaries are great because, <laughs> I don't know, they typically like interviewed older white people who swore up and down that they saw him. And, you know, back then they'd be like, ha, 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 you guys are crazy. Listen, I don't know if he's real, but there was a long time in my childhood when I was playing in the woods I stayed looking over my shoulders so just saying I also remember that there was a lot of documentaries about people trying to photograph UFOs and it, once again it tended to be like older white people out in the middle of nowhere in the desert <laughs> and I remember we would make fun of these people but clearly they were on to something so my apologies to you and I might join you next time I, I don't think the aliens are trying to get us because like Americans were stupid. This is the biggest problem with Americans, with Americans, with humans. <laughs> Freudian flip calling Americans stupid. I mean, obviously we are. I mean, look at the climate right now. I'm going off on a tangent right now, but just stick with me, you guys. UFOs are not trying to mess with us because they see what we are doing down here and we are not smart. People have got to realize that we are not the smartest animals on this planet. Once we realize that, maybe we can get things going in a positive direction. But until then, shit will not be good, okay? 
All right. Back to Bigfoot. <laughs> so when you play as Bigfoot, you shuffle the photograph tokens and place them face down on the mat where indicated. And then there's also footprint tokens and you place those close to the mat. Bigfoot rolls attack dice before moving, meaning he won't move towards an investigator because his goal is to stay hidden. You only roll the dice if there are no investigators in his location. As Bigfoot moves, he leaves tracks behind. So that's when you place the footprints. So I know you're probably thinking, well, to stay in a location with Bigfoot, but no, you need those tracks because when you pick up those footprints, that's what you use to um, reveal the pictures, the token pictures, to like flip it over and reveal the photos. And then you go to the high school to use their photo lab to start sliding the photos around to reveal that Bigfoot exists. Once you have proof, you have to be in the location with Bigfoot and use three green items, any power, and you win. So the drawback to playing Bigfoot is when a power symbol is rolled, it represents a bear and you are immediately attacked and you have to move up the terror marker and flip one revealed photo back over. There are also cards that say remove all footprints of Bigfoot, so that can halt any progress that you are making, again, on flipping tokens over. And that, my friends, is the first two games of Horrified. So there's actually another Horrified game coming out, and I think it just went on pre-sale today, and it is Horrified Greek, Monster, um, Greek Monsters, and it's going to include Medusa, Cerberus, Chimera, Minotaur, and others. And of course, me and the boys are excited about it. I will be placing a pre-order or even more Ravensburger. If you are listening, send it to me. Send me a game, please. I'm going to tag them. Um, I mean, like, what do I have to lose? They're going to tell me no? Okay, fine. I honestly was planning to buy it anyways. If I can get it for free, that's great. But if not, I'm like, I'm going to be shameless. I'm going to tag them. Like I said, you tag them. Ravensburger, please send me the game. Me and the boys want to play so bad. I will make every and any video that you need and let you use it. Send me that game. All right, friends, that is this episode. If you have played these games, let me know. If you are local and you want to play this game with me, let me know. I love my sons, but sometimes I need other people to play with. Hit me up. I am always down for a board game night. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, bye. Bye.